Welcome, welcome. Ladies, you are listening to the Faith, Fitness, and Freedom podcast, and I'm your host, Rebecca Taber-Contreras. And in today's episode, we're going to have another real, raw conversation about the holidays and navigating the hard. Because here's the thing. Yes, holidays are amazing. It's a time to just be a a new level of mindfulness to kind of slow down, hopefully, and appreciate our friends, our family, our loved ones that are present with us. It is also very true, and yet not enough people talk about it, and that is the fact or reality that it the holidays can bring up a lot of hard emotions for so many of us. And when we learn how to just acknowledge, first and foremost, that it is okay to feel negative emotion and or be real about the negative emotion that might come up in this season, and learn how to navigate it more effectively so that we can have a greater level of peace and connection and joy throughout the holiday season, even when you're managing something that is hard. And when I talk about this in this episode, I want you to know this is coming from a place of I've personally experienced any one of these at some point in my life. And this is what I have learned over time, and I hope that this will help you too. So the three kind of big topics that come to mind, the hard stuff that comes to mind that often comes up during the holiday season that no one else seems to really want to talk about, right? Because there's almost this shame or this guilt, like if you aren't, you know, all sunshine and rainbows during the holiday season. Reality is, is that you may have a challenging family dynamic, You may have a difficult relationship with a parent, a sibling, that crazy Aunt Susie, or maybe it's an in-law. You love them, so it's hard and it's complicated, right? The second thing that you might be um, struggling with is that this might be the first year that you are experiencing the holiday season without a loved one. Maybe you lost a loved one last year. Maybe they're gone on to, to be with Jesus. Or perhaps this is the first year without a significant relationship that you thought would last forever. Or perhaps it's been several years since the loss and it just does not seem to get any easier. So the holidays just continue to bring up that raw emotion. The third one that comes to mind is that maybe you have a tendency to overindulge during the holidays and you really don't want to have that experience again. It is true that the average... American anyway, gains anywhere from five to 12 pounds throughout the holiday season between Halloween and the end of the year. And every year it's harder and harder to lose that. That's one of the ways that you slowly just put on weight over the years. But we're not going to talk about that today. We are going to talk about how to manage enjoying the holidays without feeling like you are kind of going off the rails, right? It's okay to enjoy things in moderation but not to the point of where the next day you feel guilt and condemnation. So those are the three things that I'm going to help you with today and talk through. I'm going to apologize in in advance if you hear my dogs in the background. Um, But let's talk first about the family dynamic. So when you have a challenging family dynamic, you know that you're all getting together. You know that perhaps you don't feel like There's so many different avenues of that. So it could be that you feel like you're the black sheep. Maybe you just feel uncomfortable in general because you're so different in some way, somehow, or you feel like you're so different, right? Which is 
actually a unique thought in and of its own because of course we're each very different. That's the way God designed us to be. But perhaps you feel like it's not okay to be different or there's something about you that isn't accepted as the way that you'd want it to be as in your family or it's a family member that you know, as much as you try and as much as you feel like you've done your part or whatever the case may be, it just seems like they're never happy. There's always some point of contention. And so it brings up a lot of stress and anxiety. Maybe you find it hard to have a conversation with them. If that is within your family dynamic and yet you are, you know, it's normal or it's the thing for the bigger family to get together, then these are the things that I want you to be mindful of. And hopefully this will make this year a better experience for you. The first thing to do when you're about to or you know that you have like, for example, in the States, we have Thanksgiving um, coming up actually tomorrow as of the recording of this. But whether it's Thanksgiving or maybe it's a family Um, maybe it's not even holiday, maybe it's a family birthday, or maybe it's Christmas coming up for my friends that are all over the world. Before you walk into that family event where you feel like it's going to be uncomfortable, be intentional about your thinking and preparation prior to the gathering itself or interaction, whatever it might be. Remember what God says to be true about you so that you aren't expecting to feel validated by the individual people Remember, it's based. your value is based on God's truths about you. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite verses, or I should say uh, books in the Bible. Um, would that be a book? No, it's a chapter, right? <laughs> Psalm 139 is just that reminder, even if you, you know, need to read it before you walk in, right? There's tons of free Bible apps uh, that you can get on your phone. And just that reference and that reminder that, God knew you before you were even born. He knew you and chose you when you were in your mother's womb. He knows every hair on your head. He knows everything you've done, everything you will do, everything you're experiencing, and he still chose you and loves you just as you are. That same God is the God that told the mountains how high to rise and the ocean where to stop. And so if that God loves you, if he chose you, if he calls you worthy, blessed, anointed, then who is anyone else to speak anything other than that, right? Then remind yourself what he wants you to do in your expression of the fruits of the spirits, right? And Galatians 5.16, Galatians 5.22 talks about that. And I know it's incredibly challenging. There's no judgment whatsoever. And I want you to be careful to not judge yourself. We're human. We have built a pattern of reacting until you get intentional and do the work, which is something that I work with clients on in terms of being able to recognize thoughts and emotions and choosing to respond to them. So the fruit of the spirit is not something that is easy. It sounds very simple, but it is not easy. However, being front of mind, aware of it, and doing your best in that moment to remember that this is what God asks of you, not, and it's not necessarily for anyone else. Other people get to benefit when we're walking in the fruit of the Spirit. Other people get to benefit when we're showing up with kindness and love, and they definitely benefit from it, but don't feel like you do it, that you're doing it for them, right? You're choosing these behaviors and these actions so that 
you are, I should say, you're choosing the behaviors and the actions that represent the fruit of the Spirit because that's what God asks of you, because that's how God is to us. And our response to that is to be that to other people, right? You don't act based on what the other person deserves. You act based on what God has called us to, right? I know it's hard, but I promise you with intentional practice over time, it's part of what God works out in and through us until the day he takes us home, right? So perhaps this year is just a better iteration of years past. Doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, right? Also, think of the good in that person. If it is a really extreme uh, situation, then even if you're like, okay, I've tried to find good and I don't, then focus on God, not the person. But nine times out of 10, there is good. Even when it is a difficult personality, there is good in that, that person, right? That you can find and focus on. And in those environments, make the decision to set the mood in the room that you enter. Your energy is your own, right? You do not want to react to the energy of others. Again, I know it's hard. None of this is easy. And it's something that you get to practice on over and over, over time. You'll get better at it. But there's never a better time to start, right? So when you enter rooms, you get to decide how are you going to show up, going back to the fruit of the spirit, but when it comes to energy, joyful, happy, uh, engaging, right? And you set that energy and you act like you are Teflon and you ignore anything other than what is going to vibe with that energy. Uh, I've heard Ed Milet, and I'm not sure if it's from him directly or if he got it from someone else, talk about the temperature versus the thermometer, Right. The temperature is manipulated by the temperature, I should say the thermometer is manipulated by the temperature of the room, right? You don't want to be the thermometer, you want to be the temperature, right? You are creating the response of the room, regardless of others, because that's who you are. You're strong, powerful woman, chosen and anointed by God himself, right? Last thing on this topic particularly is identify what you can discuss with this person, right? Maybe it is just that person that it's hard to talk to, or there's certain topics that you know are just going to go down the rails. Identify what you can talk about them. What do you have in common? Or if you don't have anything in common, then just make it about them and be genuinely interested. Remember that we are representatives of God, regardless of how somebody else is showing up. And so we get to genuinely look for ways to love people, look for ways to care for people, ask them questions about what they, what you know they're interested in or what you know is going on in their lives. Or, um, you know, maybe it's their work, maybe it's their, you know, kids, maybe it's their hobby, whatever it might be, but ask questions, be genuinely interested, be very focused, be a good listener. Okay. So I hope that helps for that particular segment, the tough family dynamic. The next would be a loss of a loved one. This is incredibly tough to navigate, and I don't want to minimize that. It might be, like I said in the beginning, that first year that you are managing through this loss, and there are so many emotions that can go with that. What I want to encourage you is to allow yourself to feel the emotion and give it to God. Invite him in. Whether it's that you feel sad or lonely or anger or maybe there's guilt for some reason, invite God into it and allow the emotion to come up when you are feeling it 
and take a few minutes to acknowledge it and ask for guidance. And the emotion may not come in the most convenient of times. But when we take that time, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but when we take even just a couple of minutes to recognize, okay, I'm feeling sad and inviting God into the process and allowing him to be that source of comfort or healing or peace and or just being present with him and listening, then you are allowing yourself to continue the healing process. It's important that you don't judge your feelings, you don't minimize them, you don't numb out with a vice or try to ignore them. Because when we do those things, it really only prolongs the process. When we allow ourselves the grace and love to feel the emotions and work through them, that's when God gets to use that time to continue to heal or growth comes to mind or learning comes to mind, right? It's a matter of allowing God to be the source and the solution and carry the weight of that emotion. It doesn't mean that you're going to feel better today. It means that you're allowing yourself to feel that emotion so that you can be in the healing process. Numbing or minimizing the pain only prolongs it. And it always shows up in some form or fashion. The next is to not isolate yourself. When we are feeling these emotions that we feel are not safe with other people maybe, or we just feel like we're supposed to be strong and we're supposed to be that person for everybody else. And so we don't want to, like we feel weak perhaps. Maybe you feel like you must be weak if you're having these emotions or that it's, you have no right to feel those emotions or whatever, but the reality is, is that they're real. And so then you tend to isolate, right? You may want to feel like you don't want to get out of bed, or maybe it's not even, or you don't want to be taking a shower and getting ready. You don't feel like putting your makeup on. You don't feel like getting dressed for the day, or maybe it's not that extreme. Maybe it's just a matter of you're keeping yourself busy, kind of behind the scenes, so to speak, instead of showing up and being present, whether it be um, with your family or family events or running your business, whatever it might be, right? I would encourage you to force yourself to be around others and to allow yourself the ability to show up and one of two things. Perhaps there is a time and a place for you to share that emotion with someone that can be trusted with it, right? You can have the best and greatest of friends for many reasons, but there is variations in our personalities, right? And so when you're feeling a heavy and strong emotion, being able to have somebody that's going to just support you where you're at, right? Not necessarily try to solve or fix it, but just be present with you in it. That is an amazing gift from God in that friendship, right? And or there's a time and a place where counseling is appropriate when managing through a loss, right? And that can be an unbiased uh, person who can listen, hold space, and then also give you more uh, more practical steps in, in processing through that healing, right? There's a time and place for counseling, but not 
my goal for you is to not allow yourself to isolate. And even if the second thing would be, um, I had said, you know, the first thing being going to a friend or a counselor or what have you, but even if it's just one of those days, right, maybe you're doing those things, but also you've got this event to show up to focus on others. And it doesn't mean there, I want you to focus on you. I want you to be able to feel the emotion and, and process through it. But on any given day, it might be that an event is coming up and you just don't feel like it, right? So of course, you're not going to go to the event and share your emotion with everyone that it isn't appropriate, right? Um, but being able to show up anyway and asking God for the strength to show up and asking him to help you focus on other people, asking him to help you focus on how you can be used by him for other people in that moment. I hope this makes sense. It's a balance of you need space for you. You need encouragement for you. You need to be able to give yourself the grace and love to work through the emotion and share the emotion when it's appropriate. At the same time, do life, right? At the same time, not hide in your room or your office or whatever it is that you do as kind of your go-to, right? We all have our places where we kind of isolate and not allow that to be you on a consistent, like as a norm through this season, right? Even when you don't feel like it, get up, be around people, And one of the ways to be able to navigate that is to ask God to give you that strength, that courage, that discernment, help them make it about them um, so that you're not alone and so that you are not isolating. And you would be surprised when you go to that event, even when maybe you felt crummy going in, when you focus on other people, you just might walk out feeling a little bit lighter. Fair enough. The last but not least is emotional eating. Um... When it comes to like these family events, they can be triggers. So here's some things to think of ahead of time. First and foremost, what I hear often about the holidays or a big family meal is, quote unquote, I'm saving my calories, right? I'm saving my calories for the Thanksgiving dinner. I'm saving my calories for the birthday dinner. The reality is, is that when you do that, unless you're already on some sort of fasting method, which that's a whole nother conversation, it's not... Um, the, you know, it, it works for some people, not for others, but unless you're already in a fasting routine, then you're going to be starving by the time you get to that meal. And then you're definitely going to eat more of those foods than you would have uh, otherwise. In addition to that, you're compromised your emotion and your mental state. And therefore you're more likely to overdo it on the foods that you are wanting to enjoy in moderation right? So you are, you will be better served if you eat smaller mini meals throughout the day before the family meal. Just, you don't have to eat the full volume that you would normally eat until that family meal, but at least make sure that you're getting smaller meals throughout the day so that you can walk into that family meal and enjoy the foods in moderation without feeling like you're overindulging, right? To the point where you feel sick and, or you know, you're looking for your stretchy pants, right? You can enjoy family. You can enjoy the experience without feeling like you need to go find your comfy pants before you've even left the meal, right? And remember that the second thing is, remember that you do have a choice of what you want. Nothing is off limits. 
One of the challenges, and this is again, one of the things that you will get to work on over time, but one of the challenges is that we tell ourselves what we can't have. We put all of these crazy restrictions. And as soon as you tell your brain what you can't have, you want more of it. And that comes up even more during the holidays because maybe there are some treats or pies or something that just aren't in your norm. And so then that almost becomes a justifiable excuse. Well, this is the only time of year that I have Aunt Susie's pie, or this is the only time of year that I quote unquote, allow myself to eat like this, right? Those kind of rules are going to work against you so that ultimately you self-sabotage. In that, even in this moment of the family dinner, now you're more likely to eat more of what you, um, more of it, right? And then end up feeling like you're jumping for the comfy pants versus just reminding yourself reality is, again, you're a strong, powerful woman. Even if it's Aunt Susie's favorite pie recipe, if you really wanted it a week from now, you could get the recipe. You could make it if you really wanted to, right? So be mindful of you can choose to have anything. What do you want more? Would you prefer a lifestyle that aligns with your long-term goals? Or would you rather be in cycles of extreme indulgence followed by extreme restriction or self-hatred, right? It is a choice. What do you want more? And when we take that perspective, that allows us to enjoy the meal in moderation when we remind ourselves, I'm in control. I can have this whenever I want, right? The next thing is pay attention to the fact that you're eating. I know it sounds kind of silly, but enjoying every bite and literally slowing down how fast we are eating allows us to feel nourished and recognize that we're getting nourished. There's some studies that show that it takes our brain about 20 minutes to recognize that our body is receiving the nourishment. So by slowing down, it helps you prevent overeating. Next thing is the next day. <laughs> if you begin to recognize the, any kind of guilt or stinking thinking, as I call it, choose to focus forward. Choose to love yourself and celebrate yourself. Be grateful for progress rather than expecting perfection. Beating yourself up, taking a position of condemnation of like, I should have done this. Why did I do this again? I feel so sick or even the thought process of, well, I overdid it yesterday, so what's going to matter today, right? Those thoughts don't serve your highest good. So we get to become mindful of those thoughts and learn to reframe them. Fair enough. So I hope this navigates, I hope that helps you navigate the hard stuff um, through this holiday season. And as always, I would love to hear from you. I wish that it was a real conversation where you and I were sitting over coffee and I could just answer questions or hear your thoughts. Um, and hear your stories. However, the next best thing to that is for you to join us in our Facebook community, Female Christian Leaders. I'll put a link in the show notes. And always, if you have something that's more private that you want to ask me, you can email me at Rebecca at RebeccaTabert.com. Much love, guys. And as also, last thing, if you find this episode helpful and you're a regular listener of the podcast, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes. That allows iTunes or whatever platform you're listening to, when you leave a review, not just the five stars, I appreciate the five stars, but when you take a minute to type something out, that allows the platform to 
recognize that this content is of value, that it's helping you, and therefore they will share it with more women that might be helped by it just like you have. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Bye for now.